Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. This episode of Trail Mix is all about support. How does one support the national parks? How many times do you get asked that question? How does one support them? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a common theme for us to receive that question and, you know, what the best way to go about doing it is. I don't know that I could count it out right now. No, I can't count it out. I do feel like it is a question that comes up a lot. It's a lot. And a lot of people ask, like, you know, how do I perhaps monetarily donate to the national Mm -hmm. parks? That is what this trail mix is all about. So let's be clear. The National Park Service is an agency of the Department of Interior, Mm -hmm. which the Department of Interior is in charge of all of the interior of the United States, all of the land. And so if you pay your taxes, your tax dollars, yes, does go to our public lands. Right. But you do not get to decide exactly how that money goes to the like which parks it goes to or things like that. Right. Right? Wouldn't it be nice if we could decide what our tax dollars went to? (laughs) I know, but it's just a giant pot we throw them all into. Yeah. So, um, so what do you do if you want to make a specific contribution to conserving a national park unit that is managed and maintained by the national park service? Right. And for that, enter the national park foundation. Um, so the National Park Foundation is a nonprofit organization that works to basically, um, you know, partner with the National Park Service, and it generates private support and builds strategic partnerships to protect and enhance America's national parks for present and future generations, similarly to the n- mission statement of the National Park Service itself. That's true. Right. And it is the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service. Mm-hmm. It. You know, the vision of the NPF, as we'll abbreviate it, is to inspire all people to connect and protect America's national parks. Now, there are many, many organizations that 
do a lot of things, but this one is the largest and sort of like the most accessible, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to programs. And we're going to talk about those programs in a few moments, but a lot of people ask us about the National Park Foundation. And so that's why we decided to do an entire trail mix on it. Right. The NPF was chartered by Congress in 1967. However, even though that was the case, its legacy began more than a century ago when private citizens from all walks of life took action to establish and protect the national parks. Today, the NPF carries on that tradition as the only national charitable nonprofit whose mission is to directly support the NPS, the National Park Service. Some really quick history about the NPS, which we've talked about before. The first time that public land was set aside in America by the government was through the Yosemite Grant, and that was signed by President Abraham Lincoln in 1864. Shocking, the decree in France to preserve all of that land for artists happened in 1861. Uh. Yes. I guess we were a little busy with the Civil War at that point. I guess we were. I know. (laughs) Or the Um, start of it. I'm referencing the uh, trail mix we did about Teddy Roosevelt at the beginning, which you can hear all about France and how they preserved land there. Part of the reason they wanted to preserve this area was because they wanted to preserve things like Bridal Veil Falls, Half Dome Rock, the giant sequoia trees. Then in 1872, Yellowstone National Park was established. And then finally, by 1916, the Department of Interior was managing lots of various protected landscapes across the country. Action from journalists and businessmen and nature conservationists finally led to the establishment of the National Park Service by Congress. And the mission of the National Park Service is to conserve the scenery and the natural and historic objects and wildlife therein, and to provide for the enjoyment of the same in such manner, and by such means as will leave them unimpaired for the enjoyment for future generations. You know, just some archaic language of the mission (laughs) statement of the MPF. But yes. The National Parks Service became this beacon for all these conservationists and these citizens who loved the lands that they were able to visit, um, were enamored by everything that nature had to offer. However, private citizens did not have a clear way to directly support the parks, be it through financial contributions or land donation, um, which made expansions and further protections of national parks a challenge for the NPS alone. Enter NPF, National Parks Foundation. Within their first 10 years, they were able to establish grants to protect President Roosevelt's home in Sagamore, Long Island, to make emergency land purchases to save Gettysburg, the Blue Ridge Parkway, and Muir Woods. They were able to support a grant in the Rocky Mountain Range and establish a fund to enhance the Lyndon B. Johnson Memorial Grove along the Potomac River. That's stuff that NPS alone couldn't handle. And with the support of private citizens' money, grants, and donations, NPF was able to kind of step in and partner with NPS to make those dreams achievable. Now, there are a number of nonprofit organizations that work with national parks. Like the Grand Canyon has the Grand Canyon Conservancy. There's a nonprofit called Eastern National Parks that works with Congaree National Park. Sequoia Conservancy. Remember we, the exactly. maps we purchased for Sequoia went directly to there. Those nonprofit organizations are a little more specific about various areas of the country. Right. So if you're like, I specifically want to give money to the preservation of Sequoia trees, there is a nonprofit to do that. 
Right. And sometimes when you're purchasing things in the store, the visitor center, you have an opportunity to like right. make a donation specifically to that 501c3 nonprofit that is directly connected to that specific right. part. Or something that you're purchasing may go just exactly. like the maps that we bought for Sequoia went directly right. to the Sequoia Conservancy. Yeah. Right. So, so always ask Sequoia those National questions. Park. Yep. Unfortunately, in one trail mix episode, we cannot tell you about all of them. Right. But we are telling you about the biggest one, which is the National Park Foundation. Correct. So here are some current initiatives and campaigns that are brought to you by the National Park Foundation. One of them is National Parks Week, right. which is like a thing that happens in April which every year. Which is better than Shark Week. Oh. <laughs> oh I may I have lost some are, followers there from I that. I don't know about that. <laughs> there, I mean, I think there are they're equal there. Okay. Right. Another thing that they are doing right now, which I recently heard about from a fourth grade teacher that I am working with, it's this initiative called Every Kid Outdoors. Mm -hmm. And if you are a fourth grade student, you can get a national parks pass that is good for one year that gives you free access to all public lands and waters. That's awesome. That's right. Every year beginning September 1st, all kids in the fourth grade have access to their own Every Kid Outdoors Pass. That pass is good all the way through the end of the following year on August 31st. And you just have to be a fourth grader or a homeschool equivalent. It allows you to see literally everything. And it lets you bring guests, too. Mm -hmm. That was the coolest thing ever. So when I was looking into, like, why fourth grade, Uh uh, they said, like, between 9 and 11 years old, according to the studies that they looked at, like it's really when you begin to take the world around you in okay. like, really deeply and begin to like really make a relationship with uh, the natural space around you. Mm-hmm. And so they thought, like, let's zoom in right at the heart of that. Okay. And, like, and that's where the fourth graders are. You have are. your aerial moment. Yeah. Look at that stuff. Look, that is. That's Isn't true. There's another uh, great initiative as well. It's the uh, Share the Experience Photo Contest. And that's an annual photography competition, which encourages all nature lovers and amateur photographers to capture their favorite views, moments and adventures in the national parks and the public lands. I'm just going to like tangent off for a second. This does not mean we are, you know, walking into areas that we shouldn't be to take photos or getting close to wildlife. Absolutely not. Never, ever, never. Or, you know, following what influencers do. Not all influencers. Hashtag not all influencers. Following what some influencers do that then create problems for the public lands, which is why we have a not an Instagram account. (laughs) Public uh, lands dislike you. Yeah. Or hate you. Back to hate you now. Well, good for that way anyway, they call out people who it's do basically that. the contest is a, a special opportunity for outdoor enthusiasts to share their love of the parks the beautiful views that are within them unique finds and hidden treasures in these spaces it's hosted with six participating federal agencies including the nps the bureau of land management bureau of reclamation the u.s fish and wildlife services the u.s forest service and the u.s Army Corps of Engineers and Bureau of Land Management too. That's something that is worth kind of just touching on real quick here. There are a lot of great hikes and sites to see that are BLM, Bureau of Land Management Managed. Um, And I think we found that more out West. I was noticing that more. So just something to tuck away for later. If you go to the National Park Foundation website, there in the corner is a way to give, a button you can click in order to give. They have sort of like three kinds of ways you can make a donation. There's the monthly gift that you could make a one-time gift. You could make a monthly gift and it can be as much or as little as you would like. There's also a tribute 
gift where you can uh, memorialize someone in your life through a gift. They have many ways to do that. They also have what's called the Champions Society. If you have a lot of money to give and you could give it like in a repeated way, you can also join like that tier of giving. Mm -hmm. So they have lots of things. However, the thing that the National Park Foundation is known for is their programs. Right. They have so they have an exhausted list of programs that are created to connect, protect, and inspire. Those right. are like the sort of three areas mm-hmm. that they They're talk subheadings. about. They're subheadings. And a lot of those are intersectional when right. it comes to the things that they do. Correct. On the programs page, if you go to the website, they feature three right now. The three on the programs page are, there's one called Strong Parks, Strong Communities. This is a partnership between National Park Foundation, National Park Service, and the Friends Alliance to enhance local philanthropic organizations to essentially elevate philanthropy to the national parks. Mm -hmm. So that's very important for those of us who are uniquely positioned to be able to do that. So that is what that program does. It seeks out organizations that can be philanthropic supporting the national parks. There's the active trails. Obviously, the national parks provide a remarkable set of trail systems, um, more than 18,000 miles of land and water trails. Active trails program promotes healthy lifestyles while simultaneously protecting and enhancing these precious land and water trail resources. Obviously, trails are getting used all the time. There is wear and tear to them. Trails need to be repaired. There have been so many times when we've been in a park where a trail may be closed because something has fallen. There needs to be a lot of work that's done to repair that trail. Or we've been hiking, actually, where we've actually watched NPS workers work to, you know, enhance the trail that we've been on. Specifically in Sequoia, we just were there um, in February on our podcast. We had walked right past a bunch of NPS workers working on a trail. It's a multifaceted program, the Active Trails program, which offers many ways for volunteers, community groups, corporate partners, students, and educators to get involved with their national parks through hands-on trail work. So citizen science, formal and informal learning activities, and special events and community activities are all part of this program. So this is kind of a little bit more of a way to donate time, it seems like, than it is to donate money, although I'm sure funding also is helpful here. So this is a great way to get involved in the parks if you're local to them and you'd like to lend a hand. So this is one to check out if you're interested in that. The other one that they feature right now is the Alaskan Marine Protection and Restoration Program. The National Park Foundation worked closely with Alaska's National Parks and also the Ocean Alaska Science and Learning Center. This program allowed them to rescue and rehabilitate hundreds of marine mammals and seabirds. They were able to do research and monitor coastal habitats and it enhanced stewardship through environmental education, which is so important. Oftentimes, nonprofit organizations tend to be the bridge between like various different agencies. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was the Alaska Parks and their the partners Alaska Geographic, University of Alaska Fairbanks, and Resurrection Bay Conservation Alliance. Now, there are countless programs yeah. that the National Park Foundation provides. Yeah. And we would be here uh, through the end of the next decade right. if we sat here and told you about Correct. all of them. So we're going to just... And, I mean, part of me wants to just to see what your hair looks oh, like. Oh, I know. <laughs> right? It'll just be gone. That's, just like yours. I know. Right. 
<laughs> First, we want to encourage you to go to the website yeah. and just research their program. Excellent, like it's so a beautifully cool. made website. It's and it's so easy to yes. navigate. Yes. So we each picked three programs that we thought were really interesting, and we're just going to tell each other about them. Yeah. So what's the first one you found? I found one. You know, I thought this was specifically pretty interesting because we just recently visited and also talked about. Sandy Hook on our podcast, but the Helping Protect the New York and New Jersey Coasts. This is a program where NPF brought students and seniors together to protect the natural coastline from invasive plants and to strengthen its ability to protect against superstorms. So this is specifically related to Gateway National Recreation Area, um, which we visited the Sandy Hook component of that. But there are also um, components in the New York metropolitan area, including um, Queens, Brooklyn, and Jamaica Bay. Specifically in Brooklyn, Queens, and the areas of Jamaica Bay, they're dealing with acres of invasive plants, which harm native insects and birds, and the effects of climate change via sea level rise and superstorms such as Hurricane Sandy are threatening the breeding and spawning grounds of numerous species of wildlife. So, you know, this is a a thing that is important to look at and to really think about, especially in our national parks lands and protected lands, but all over the place. How is climate change really affecting plant species, animal species, and things of that nature? In Sandy Hook, they brought together students and the elderly in order to improve the park's natural and marine ecosystems. Through the NPF Resources and Recovery Protection Program, the park assembled a Student Conservation Association invasive plant team, which has removed over eight acres of invasive plants from 40 acres of the parkland itself. NPF funds were also used to enhance the National Park Ranger Protection Patrols on marine waters, as well as a habitat restoration to convert the overflow parking lot into grassland. So giving back to the earth, essentially, in so many different ways. And what about you? What did you find? The first one I want to tell you about is called the American Latino Heritage Fund. Mm -hmm. So there are 17 sites that we know of right now in the National Park Service that are specifically connected to the stories of the American Latino community, especially in regards to American history. And so the mission of this fund is to preserve, reflect, and engage the diverse stories and communities of the American Latino community through American history and for future generations. This fund specifically is connected to those 17 sites. What What is your next one that you found? Again, because, you know, the earth is important and I worry about climate change all the time. The one that really stuck out to me was Parks Climate Challenge. And this is a program that provides on-site training about climate change for science teachers. It's actually a program that's broken into two parts, online training and on-site training that allows teachers to come into the parks and to learn from people that are familiar with the parks and how climate change is affecting them in order to basically better educate their students about climate change using the national parks as classrooms. Like I said, there's two training opportunities in person and online and participating teachers receive the tools they need to teach climate change in their classroom, which they use the national parks basically as the classroom to do it. Um, So that's really fascinating because climate is affecting everything um, and climate change is going to be a big issue for all of us, specifically the parks, but specifically for all of us. So I thought this was a really important program to, to, again, it's interesting how NPS and NPF are partnering with education groups, teachers, and things like that to better educate our students, not only about effects of climate or other 
issues, but the national parks themselves, which I really liked. What about you? What did you find? I also wrote down the parks climate challenge. I know. Hilarious. Look Look, at that. Look at us. We think alike. We do. What a surprise. So I'm going to tell you about my third one and then I'll toss it to you for your third one. Great. So this one is, I think, a really just small local example of a small gesture that actually probably provided a lot of help. So Fort Davis National Historic Site. It is in Jeff Davis County, Texas. Jeff Davis was the head of the Confederacy during the Civil War. They really shorten it to Jeff instead of Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Jeff Davis? Yeah. I'm from Biloxi, which is where Beauvoir is, which okay. is where Jeff Davis yeah. lived. Yeah. Um, Jeff Davis sounds like he was no. like the football star of my like, you yeah. know, high school Can I tell football you, team. Speaking of Jeff- Jefferson Davis is like, Jeff Davis, know, the, the head um, of the Confederacy. The community college in Biloxi and Gulfport that serves that area mm-hmm. is called Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Mm-hmm. And it is the Jefferson Davis campus. Oh, no. Well, yep. Yes, it is. No. So if you went there, it was shortened to JD. Or I went to JD mm-hmm. is what people would say. Or I go to JD. Anyway, this National Historic Site is important in understanding the presence of African Americans in the West and in the frontier military. The 24th and 25th U.S. Infantry and the 9th and 10th U.S. Cavalry, all black regiments established after the Civil War, were stationed at this post. Today, 24 roofed buildings and over 100 ruins and foundations are part of Fort Davis National Historic Site. Five of the historic buildings have been refurnished to the 1880s, making it easy for visitors to envision themselves being at the fort at the height of its development. Fort Davis National Historic Site has stepped up to be what has become a very valuable community partner to the Fort Davis Local High School. So Fort Davis Local High School did not have the funding to have a track team or a coach, so they created a running club. And they did not have anywhere to run. And so Fort Davis National Historic Site opens up their space three times a week for this running club. And for them, they've also hosted two 5Ks. Okay. This is, I thought, an example of how our national public lands Mm -hmm. connect with our local communities. That's great. I really like that a lot. And what is your last one? So my last one is one that is also a community connection. So connecting and inspiring Native youth through conservation. So the Native Youth Conservation Project engages youth in a conservation corps model that helps preserve the Canyon de Chez National Monument. It's a national parks unit that's very unique because it's comprised entirely of the Navajo Tribal Trust land that remains the home to the Canyon community. So there is a thriving Navajo community here. And NPS works in partnerships with the Navajo Nation to manage park resources and sustain the living Navajo community. They're using the youth of the community to basically help um, reflect upon and to, you know, work to conserve the Canyon de Chez, which includes distinctive architectural features, artifacts, and rock imagery. It exhibits remarkable preservational integrity that provides outstanding opportunities for study and contemplation. So I thought that this was a great program, again, involving community with this National Parks Unit and a community that is specifically tied to this space. It helps to better foster the understanding between the NPS and the Native community that is there, um, which helps to further strengthen the bond that they have 
not only NPS, but also the Native people to the space that is their home and will continue to be their home. So I am super curious about all these programs. Obviously, we have not seen any of these programs like fully in action. No. So we don't know exactly how things have manifested, but I do like that there are so many active programs happening as part of the National Park Foundation. Yeah. So when I look at this website and when I do this research, it does make me feel like if I were to make a donation, that it would be going to a really strong cause with a very clear mission. Let's end this trail mix with a game. So what game are we playing today? We're going to play a game of acronyms. Oh, So in okay, this game, okay, great. but wait, all right. So it's going to be like changed acronyms. So we know all know that NPS stands for the National Park Service, but I'm going to give you a clue and you need to give me what NPS will actually stand for in this situation. But Got it's it. going to be... It's going to be different. It's not going to be NPS the entire time. So I'll give you okay, different clues. Okay, great. But I'll always give you what the acronym actually means to set you up for success. Great. Okay. NPS stands for the National Park Service. But if you were having an argument with a significant other and you were like really sure that you were correct, you might say this. No, partner, stop. (laughs) I'll accept that. (laughs) Or no, pretty sure. Like, no, pretty sure. (laughs) Great. All right. Um, BLM stands for the Bureau of Land Management. But this would be a sandwich that you would like most of, but would hate the rest of. Bacon, lettuce, and mayo. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) That sounds horrifying to me. CCP stands for the Comprehensive Conservation Plan. But this is what you might say to a friend who asked you to change their baby's diaper. No, because I can't carry poop. Or can't clean poop. Can't clean poop. Can't can't clean poop. Got it. Got it. Not that you would carry it. I guess in like a dirty (laughs) diaper, you would carry it. I can't carry poop. Yeah. No. Um, DOI stands for Department of the Interior. But this is what you might say if you're having a really bad day and you feel like you can't go on. Don't over it. (laughs) I'll accept that or dead on the inside. (laughs) And our last one, um, EPA stands for the Environmental Protection Agency. But this is what you might um, say if you're carbo loading before a big race. It's something you would do. Eat pretty much anything. Well, (laughs) I was thinking eats, eats pasta a lot. Oh, eats pasta a lot. There we go. There you go. And that's acronyms. 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 This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to learn more about the National Parks spoken of on this show, visit our website, gaze at the National And that's Gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by Michael Ryan. All original music is by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. (laughs) 